millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Ian Stone and welcome to Taking the Pulse, our weekly political podcast where me, Aisha Hazarika and Jeff Norcott, two of the finest political brains we could find who had nothing better to do at 10.30 on a Friday morning, dissect the political events of the week for your delectation. This week, uh, Jeff Norcott phoned me and said, and I quote, can we talk about Philip Hammond's autumn statement? <laughs> and instead of hanging up the phone and trying to find a less nerdy friend, I said yes. So you want to talk about Philip Hammond's autumn statement? Well, I did before I read it. I mean, <laughs> as a leave voter, because what happened was uh, <laughs> earlier in the week, there was some quite benevolent economic indications, weren't there? The, the October had had record tax receipts. Uh, that inflation was actually down, unemployment was down. So I did quite a bullish Facebook post. I saw that. Yeah. I saw his bullish Facebook post. Alluding to this in my sort of like deliberately winding up Remainers, but trying to do it in, in and couching it in quite passive language. When and then say, the following day... Well, yeah, I know. Well, it, it, hmm. He did come out and say all this. It was a little bit grim, wasn't yeah. it? Essentially. Well, it was, I but mean, it's he, based on the OBR. I mean, their track record. I mean, it's, it, they are like the Martin Keown of, of pundits, aren't they? There's How many times <laughs> they got to get stuff wrong before we start taking it with a pinch of salt. Do you know who Martin Keown is? I have no idea. I've absolutely no idea. He's a shit, he's a shit defender and he's he a, a shit pundit. Fabulous defender <laughs> and one of the scariest men I've ever been in a room with. He was an Arsenal defender and he was very good. But as a pundit, well, do you know what? It's I'm too fe- much fe- explaining. Yeah, I'm feeling that this analogy is slightly <laughs> kind of cutting out a certain demographic. But is it not fair like the, the OBR haven't had the best track record so and, and even in their forecast they basically Jeff, said look think, we're pissing in the wind I think the idea of pinning this all in the OBR is absolutely ridiculous Can we- quite frankly the figures have shown that we are absolutely fucked by Brexit <laughs> no come on <laughs> fucked that, 15 billion Jeff. quid a year 15 billion quid a year that, I've worked it out that's about 2.5% of government it sounds bad but look it's the price it's of freedom oh, okay oh, is it? it's oh, worth it's it brilliant. freedom isn't free Can there's I, a hefty po- fucking poverty fee poverty pay for oh, everyone but that's freedom that hang on a minute right first of all the uh, the OBR uh, for people who are listening who might not know is the Office of Budget Responsibility Office of Budget Robacks more like right and uh, they also, oh, there was also a report from the IFS, the Institute of Fiscal Studies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do they? But do you think no, they get competitive? <laughs> these well, who can be tanks? the gloomiest? Well, I don't we're know. We're fucked. No, we're mega fucked. Well, we we do uh, look from my point of view. Sorry, are we seeing, living, Are we now in this post fact? Like, oh, what are the? What do these experts know? What does the Institute well, of well, Fiscal that's, Studies that's what know? People were saying I for a mean, long time. Come on, look. The truth is, right. The truth is, the Jeff, truth the is, truth. <laughs> this Brexit campaign was won with a massive 
massive bust that said there was going to be like a shitload of money going to the NHS. And we've just had an autumn statement. The NHS is in the biggest financial crisis ever faced. Not a bean. Where's our money, Jeff? Right. Where is it, Jeff? First up, there there were lies on (laughs) both sides. We were also told. They were also told by those virtuous remainers that the the leave vote itself, just the vote, not triggering article 50. You won. Where's the money? We were told that the leave vote itself would trigger, that the the economy would fall. You should see these guys folding their arms at me and staring at the moment now. It's difficult being a leaver in Britain. But we were told that that would cause an immediate recession and frankly it hasn't happened. And the thing is... The recession is is like coming down the track. But but with this six month period they were wrong once, they might be wrong again and the British consumer, this is like our Dunkirk. We are holding up our spirit of buying pointless shit we don't need. We're still buying flat screen TVs. We're still getting pissed. We would just, just keep your nerve Britain. It's 1941 all over. We'll get through this. Well everyone is buying flat screen TVs today aren't they? Because it is Black Friday. Except everyone's saying it's a really damp squib because like it's the a no one's going to the shops people are buying it online and also people's family finances are in such dire straits they're not actually going to be spending yeah, that Jeff. much I mean do you not think do you look like, around this country and see people on the, I mean I know at the very lowest end we should always be helping those people have you tried to get in a shopping centre at the weekend recently the country's bouncing no the, no you know what I've had to let one of my children go I mean it's just <laughs> you know I've just, I had to let one I mean I mean I got two of them and there was one that I liked least I went sorry it's just you know there's a hole in the public finances it'll be fine and we all have there's to make there's a lot of work out there zero hours contracts as children yeah it's you all know. really good chimneys just, like gig chimneys economies. chimneys do need sweeping do you think when and... these people make these uh, forecasts and they said it's going to be whatever an 80 billion pound hole in the economy and there's a 90 billion pound hole in the economy do you think that because nobody ever holds them to account do you think they should have to make up the difference <laughs> Do you not think? Uh, would it they, not make them make well, like it a, a little sinking bit, fund? Sort well, of thing, I, yeah. I think so. Make it make them more, you know, focused. Make in it terms performance of their, uh... related. Well, I mean, you know, there just have been, and, and I know that Michael Gove obviously got pilloried, and he'll be remembered forever for saying that uh, we've had enough of experts. But there's certainly a case to be made that there've been repeated failures by the institutes that are supposed to be knowing what's. That's their job is to know what's going to happen next. And be fair to them, they but they pretty much admitted that they're pissing in the wind on this one. The truth is, the politicians <laughs> have got to grapple with some really big things. The the statistic that came out that I thought that was the most worrying was that they were saying that like wages, average wages ten, yeah, are not years. going to get are not going to see an increase to pre-crash um, levels for until about it's sort of, a for bit about of a red ten. herring to compare them to pre-crash levels which it's were underwritten because... by Matt, the kind of borrowing that caused the crash itself. I think that. I don't know why that's used. Like they're often they're using the earnings in the early noughties as a guide, but that was when we all had they credit no, cards. They weren't the early noughties. They're more. using them from two thousand and seven. All I will say is at this point is that the earnings for this podcast will not get any bigger for the next ten years. Okay? There's still this nor, will exactly the, nor will the, the audience's problem. But there is. But do you not think that? In, don't say that. We've got to cut that bit. It's just, what. Look. Do you not think it, Philip, Philip Hammond would have been better if he just stood up and said, "Winter is coming." Do you not I think that would have worked better. Well, he pretty much did. He, sort of did, he, did, he basically but... said, "This is this is so bad. I'm cancelling the autumn statement." I think I think him and Theresa May are very very, very smart. They're happy to go with the gloomiest predictions because that sets. Not according their, to the Daily Mail, they were sets... quite sort of upbeat about the whole thing. Well, of course they were. The Express said it's fine. The Guardian <laughs> didn't like it at all, though. Well, the Express, the, the, the really <laughs> pro lever papers this morning were going, "Yeah, but in in 2019 we're going to get a few quid back from the EU." So yeah, yeah thumbs. Silver Everyone's going to literally guys. have to work four jobs. Anyone but... know what the Labour response was? Any any idea? They were tweeting, weren't they? John yeah, McDonnell they... said they're all tweeting while he was talking. Yeah, no, a lot of them were on their phone playing well, whatever Pokemon. But to be fair to the Labour Party, which is in a pretty dire state, but yeah. people like Chris Leslie, who are very, very respected, um, 
the the interesting thing for the Labour Party is that the Conservatives have abandoned what was a really pressure, precious fiscal rule. They said they were going to get the economy back into surplus Osborne-omics. by 2019. That was like a really massive key plank of their you know long term yeah, economic though. plan. Brexit. No, no, but hang on. So the fact that they have not, remember for the last six years we've heard nothing from the Conservatives apart from we've got to get the deficit down. That is the only Austerity. thing that matters. Mm-hmm. You cannot borrow. It has to be austerity. Now they've ripped all of that up and said, "Do you know what? We're going to abandon that target." Higher and actually, taxes, high borrowing. It's fine to borrow. So if you're so, the, wait, a so we got party, rid of austerity. Surely you lefties are never happy. Surely this is happy times. The TTIP's gone as well. The trade thing. I'm you, not you unhappy guys about are, that. By the way, TTIP. You guys are, I don't think TTIP was, was not idea. coming down the track for ages. That's kind of immaterial into all the discussions. The key people you got to think about are all those people who are so poor. They're working on a zero hours contract and they still have to go to a food bank. Their lives are going to oh, get tougher. Oh, she said food. I can't come back from that. One, <laughs> yeah. Once a lefty throws yeah. food banks in there, that's yeah. the point where I just tap yeah. out and go, yeah. yes, no, it is. And very... you know what? Fair enough. Because uh, I, I listened to Question Time last night. Why did John, you do that? Well, you know <laughs> what? It was incredibly dull. And when I tell you that the most interesting thing on it was Tim Farron, <laughs> that tells oh, you God. how Was he the only was. guest? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it was just a bit dull. I mean, it is a bit of a dry subject, I think. Mm. The the uh, the autumn statement. We're not going to have it. This is the last autumn statement. They're isn't not going to move. They it can't the, afford it. They're going to do. They've run out of things they've, to say. They're going to do autumn. a spring statement to make it a bit more cheerful. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it was only a forecast. That was the point. Exactly. It could. It might. Well, the pound yeah, right recover, and the pound has already ex- staged a steady recovery against that flash crash level. Who's to say it won't recover further? Most people, arguably. <laughs> but if it does, if it does recover experts. further, I mean, it's back up to what <laughs> one euro uh, eighteen, which it was down to about one oh nine. Can we if go on holiday again? It reco- well, supersize your paella even because the good times are back. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's doing a jazz hands. The people in the food banks are doing a massive jazz hands. Get yourself Tyler Everyone have a... Let's just have a holiday as a country. I think that, you know, if if that recovery does continue, then it will militate some of the worst factors of the inflation pressures, at least. Now, here at Taking the Pulse, uh, we like to bring you the latest from Trump land, uh, where the idiot-elect has this week suggested, somewhat mischievously, I think, that Nigel Farage would make an excellent... British ambassador to the United States uh, because no two words say diplomacy quite like Nigel Farage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because when he was standing up at the EU saying, you're not laughing now, are you? I was thinking, that's the guy we need on the world stage. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I voted to leave the EU. I don't necessarily want that man representing us abroad. I do think with Trump, is it was funny that once he got rebuffed, that he didn't say anything more on the issue. And that smacks of me, two blokes drunk, mate, I'll get you in. Don't worry about that. I'll get you in. Tomorrow I'll say it. And then he sends a tweet and he goes, look, mate, I tried. I had a word. It's, 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 it's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> it's not beyond your pay grade. You're the president. You're the president. <laughs> yeah, it's, you could do whatever you want. But one, we have a British ambassador also, the, to the United States the, already. Perfectly good. The truth is, that it's, mm. it's Theresa May who will choose who Britain's ambassador is going to be, not... There is precedent for this. The American president, one of the American presidents in the past, has chosen, has spoken to our prime minister and said, "I'd like that bloke." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Him over. You can definitely have you conversations, yeah. but it is still ultimately for the British government to decide who is their ambassador. But the thing was unbelievable. It's very unprecedented, like for publicly for a U.S. president-elect mm. to wade into um, sort of British ambassadorial affairs. But the main thing is, it's all the result of that ridiculous selfie in the lift. That's selfie in the lift mm. has probably broken the internet more than when Kim Kardashian put a glass of champagne on her backside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, never I know has which a... is more aesthetically pleasing, to be honest. <laughs> I want to see Nigel Farage put some champagne on his backside. Or oh, Donald it, Trump's. It is funny how 
outraged we are that you did what? The, the president, tell us which ambassador to, to have, and he think back a few years, invade Iraq. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah fine. go on. Okay. It's, I think that, we'll the, you know, the that idea... We'll get that in a bit, actually. We're going to talk about but, that. But, I mean, look, clearly Farage has an in with this guy, and well, That's not a bad thing for an ambassador to, to have, is it? I mean, why not? It, it would make the only guy you... on the planet Farage does have an in with. That's the problem. He's Farage the only has guy that has an in with any number of right-wing think tanks and billionaire financiers. We saw him in the Ritz the other day celebrating, didn't we? I mean, by I, the way, I love that the march against the elites. That's what this was. And he's like, <laughs> you know, what? You know yeah. what? Can I just say at this point because I've heard a lot of this stuff saying, "Oh, look, this man of the people in a gold elevator, and look, it's a man of the people with a billionaire financer, whatever financier, whatever the case." Nigel Farage does seem to have the ear of the British people. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got as far as he did. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. He certainly does because he's preyed on a lot of people's insecurity using the oldest trick in the book, in the book, blame the other, fear of the other. And that is a compelling argument. Yeah, it seems to have worked. It does. It really is. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, it, mm. and it actually has worked in history before. I don't know if you remembered. Like, fear of the other is quite a powerful argument. Oh, you're talking about Hitler, are you? <laughs> oh, no, no, the Jews have let that one go. Uh, <laughs> Should we not just make Farage king, just get it over with? Well, you seem to be... I think we've changed roles here. I think you're making quite a reasonable case for Farage. I no, think, I'm I just saying... I think you love Nigel. I, <laughs> no, I genuinely You want to marry him. Love... <laughs> He's an attractive man, don't yeah. you think? I've, have, you not seen, eyes. have you not yeah. seen enough pictures of Farage with Ferrero Rocher to last you a oh lifetime? God, those pictures were absolutely enough yeah. already. Um, no, I don't love Farage. I just. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I just can see that whatever he said has worked. You're absolutely mm. right. It's appalling what he said, but I it don't think you can worked. I don't think you can accuse him of not being a man of the people. It 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 definitely has worked, right? But the idea that just cuz somebody can go out and kind of like banter with people and sort of say god like isn't everything terrible look at that person with funny looking skin. He's the pro he's the root of all your problems. Everyone's like, "Yeah, you're so-. that doesn't mean you should be our ambassador." 
No, I think it's I dangerous. Think to, I think right. it's dangerous to ridicule him in the same way it was with, 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 with Trump. Um, the, the, Philip Hammond was on uh, on ITV Morning News, and he said, "Oh, we'll give him a call if we need him, and, and, and don't hold your breath, Nigel. I don't bait this man. He's obviously, for whatever reason, you're right. Some of it is quite venal and, and dishonest, but he's an effective communicator. And don't don't rattle his cage because that's what happened with Trump. The more people seem to ridicule him, the more that motivated him. Yeah, I agree with that, and a lot of what that is is about establishment politicians being scared to talk about certain things. Immigration well, being the was, number one issue. And that's both why cons- we're in what both, the position yeah, both, we're in. Both, both the Conservative Party, I mean, the Liberal Democrats don't even want to get involved in this, but particularly Labour as well did not want to talk about this subject. So nature abhors a vacuum into which Nigel Farage comes in and, you know, Popped talks up. about it. And people are thinking, well, at least someone is talking about it. So I think you can definitely... I think to sort of say, don't bait this man gives him... You can't give him a protected status as a public figure and a political figure saying, mm. never criticise him. But what politicians have got to do is get better at talking to people. They've got to do more in terms of connecting with people, as Nigel Farage and Trump did. They've got to like really understand what their concerns are. Yeah, what about Danny Dyer? He'd be good ambassador, don't you think? He's connected to royalty, we found out last night. Twitter was going mad about that. Yes, of course. Yeah, Danny Dyer is actually... Uh, 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 he's I think, they, I think they should have re- renamed it, Who Do You Think You Are, You Slag? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to talk, Aisha, about uh, Theresa May, because she sent out an email, apparently. Not an email, she said a memo. So a, a big problem for women in all walks of life, be it politics, business, media, is a phenomenon called mansplaining. You probably aren't familiar with this because you are both man, you are men. Mans. Mans. <laughs> um, so what that happens is you're in a meeting and like you make it, so it, it's like you get things explained to you in a really patronising sort of way. So apparently, Theresa May, even though she is absolutely top dog in government, has had... Can't call her that. Right. Yes, you can. Sexist. You can. I can. I can. You can. <laughs> I can. I see what you did there. <laughs> that, when you say it's cultural inappropriation, <laughs> when I say it, it's really empowering. All right. Um, so she is like the prime minister now. Yet Queen still, she, that, <laughs> that is, is that. yeah, that is not okay. No, that's not okay. Okay, so it's okay. my favourite Bowie. Bowie. It's my favourite Bowie song. So whenever anyway, these kind of subjects come up, the desire to be contrarian and cheeky is—it's yeah. only it's been a big. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you know why, Aisha, when you mentioned this in the other room and you said, oh, you know, we talk about um, Theresa May and the mansplaining thing, I actually said, you know, Aisha, that's a really good idea. I actually said it straight back to you and then I was <laughs> conscious. And you didn't pull me up on it, but I hope mentally you gave me a slap across the oh, face. Oh, yeah I've, I've, yeah, I've happy slapped you. Like, I yeah. think when he patted you on the head, I yeah. thought that was like, Yeah, I know it's a good idea, motherfucker. That's why I wrote an article. Because now I'm being mansplained <laughs> to about my story, which so, is brilliant. Uh, anyway. So she has been Because men, you see, could explain this much quicker, couldn't they? So she has been patronised by many of her male civil servants and colleagues and a memo has now gone round uh, Whitehall saying do not patronise the Prime Minister. And the That's reason outrageous, why... isn't it, really? Mm, but these are men of a certain age, not young fellas like us. Young. <laughs> why are you laughing? Why, why are you laughing at this point? There's nothing funny about the it. Thing, I'm down with the kids, the all right? I was in Shoreditch the other day. I've got beard and everything. Bought some cereal for eight quid. <laughs> with some soy milk. Wait, so I 
I, no, of course not. Do you know what I'd not. love to be at the following meeting after that memo and watching these fellas overcorrect <laughs> as they try desperately walking on eggshells around everything. Do you know what? I just love the idea of you talking about the Tory cabinet as fellas. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds but I weird. I just so go imagine on. her like being like, so the person I imagine is the worst in terms of the mansplaining is Boris. I bet you in cabinet, because Boris is probably sitting there thinking. He does it in Latin I want, as well. Exactly. He does yeah. it in Latin sort of thinking, yeah. <laughs> that is. A, and then the other thing that made me laugh is that there's this, um, Sweden, the biggest union in Sweden have set up a hotline for women to report in people doing hotline. mansplaining. A hotline. So you, you can report mansplaining. Wow. And I just thought, imagine Theresa May ringing up that hotline. She didn't call it mansplaining. I never, I never thought that Theresa May would, but that's what it is. Did Thatcher get it? Thatcher probably didn't but get it. But maybe that's why she became who she was in a way, because that is the character she needed to adopt at that time to pull these guys. Yeah. And it turns out you still need to adopt that character now in 2016, I, but, which yeah. is a bit much, But loads really. of people still don't think it's a problem. I debated Anne Widdicombe on this. I did a thing on Radio 4 with her. She doesn't think it's a problem. She was going, gosh, you know, women are just so thin-skinned and they're just going on about inequality and all that sort of thing. And there's quite a generational gap on all mm. of this stuff as well. But I think good on Theresa May for doing it. I would just, I can just imagine her being kind of mansplained to like the autumn statement. It's nothing to do with Amanda Weekly. It's nothing to do with her winter collection, Prime Minister. Nothing to do with the lovely colours of the leaves, Prime Minister, <laughs> just so you know. Although they are lovely and if you want to go for a walk, that's fine. <laughs> and yeah. you know, she'll Swish probably be like, yeah. she'll probably be like, so tell me, what, what are the latest moves, you know, by the Chancellor in terms of the autumn statement? They'd be like, well... His cha 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 on Strictly on Saturday was to die for. I think it's I think mansplaining, right? And it is it, it's women's fault in a way because <laughs> it is. But, but, but I just remember. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you digging yourself out of this one. I remember when, when I was a kid, right? And because mothers are nurturing generally, right? It's not all mothers, but generally nurturing, positive, supporting. I would come home from school and I would say to my mum, "Mum, today I found out about something called the dinosaurs," and she would act like she didn't know what dinosaurs were. So she'd go, "Oh, really? What are dinosaurs?" And I'd be like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to break this down for you. So maybe that lodged in my brain was like, all oh, right, you know, this bit worrying really. You're supposed to be my legal guardian, but I guess I'm going to have to dis- disseminate information for you on an ongoing basis. Stick around, love. Uh, next week, World War One. But I Oh my like God, I'm... you were patronising your mum at like the age of no, four. No, because I was too dumb. Yeah. You know, right, this is my answer though. I, and this is honestly, honestly, the best way to get this out of men is to beat it out of them earlier. So if your six-year-old six son starts saying, mum, do you know what the dinosaurs are? Yeah, of course I fucking know what dinosaurs are. I don't make the mistake of thinking just because I make your packed lunch that I haven't been out in the world. I've got a degree, bitch, all right? Get your dad in here. Just because men, when they've been told off young, they never forget that. Jeff is, uh, Jeff is quite so a I'm new actually, parent. I'm actually... I'm, I'm very much looking forward to meeting out, his children. I'm a radical feminist. You, Get in oh there early. God, you should be like... You know what? You should go and... Yeah. I think the Women in Equality Party are having their conference tomorrow. I think you should get up there. Yeah, I'll tell them what's what. You just want a corporate gig from them, don't you? That's what it is. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, she did run through my... my <laughs> of course it did. My cynical Those mind. women have got some money as well. You might as well earn it. Yeah. Now, I did say uh, the other big political story of the week is the possible return to frontline politics of one Tony Blair. Uh, and for a man who's so enthusiastic... He's the insurgent now, apparently. Well, I mean, for a man who's so enthusiastically yeah. supported the Iraq war, frontline, I think, is the operative word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aisha, you know Tony Blair, don't you? I have you, worked for Tony worked Blair. With him. Yes. Is he off his head? <laughs> 
I haven't seen him in a while. I am surprised. Was he this. off his head? No, he definitely was not off his head. He was absolutely one of the like most amazing people I've ever worked for. Amazing. I remember man. you you watching him in a uh, do a speech at conference and and eulogising. You know, and I'm listening. He was a great communicator. He was a good communicator. Excuse me, he won he? three elections even after the Iraq War. He won an election. Well, don't mind Labour voters of that. They've they've uh, yeah. I know. I'm I'm going to be like. Trolled. I think that's where some of the hostility to Blair from Labour voters comes from. Is I think they feel dirty and unclean because they knew that they were so averse to voting for the Tories after the Iraq war that they still voted for a Labour Party led by Tony Blair who led an illegal invasion because sometimes it's a bit like not not on the same level but that antipathy people feel for Clegg it wasn't quite rational was it and the hostility to Blair no I, mean, I felt that it seemed a bit ridiculous with Nick Clegg. It really did. It's got, I think that that so person occupies a space in the public um, psyche, and and Nick Nick Clegg occupied the space of a weasel, or uh, and Tony Blair occupies a space of I don't know a, 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 a wolf in sheep's clothing. I oh, suppose. Yeah, I guess. I but, guess. But he, he is a companion bloke, though. But a, can he possibly he help? Any cause he gets on side with. I mean, you'd imagine the people who are who are anti-Brexit and want us to have another vote do not want to want to be Blair associated with. No, he's toxic. They, and he's toxic. He's what kind of insurgency very... is this? Him and Eddie Izzard. Let me let me find rocket-propelled croissants at the northeast of England. I still blame Eddie Izzard and that ridiculous. I, I think uh, Eddie Izzard. Yeah. The planet needs a hard guys. <laughs> do you know what? I, I think, think he, he made lo- us all feel sorry <laughs> for yeah. Nigel Farage. I actually, I actually, I actually voted Leave off the back of that <laughs> question time <laughs> confession. No, I mean history will judge him harshly. The thing. That Blair was always very good at, apart from Iraq, obviously, yeah. was having. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone has to say. Obs, yeah. Obviously, obs, right, obs, yeah. Snatch um, had a very good feel for where the public were on mm. things. He was a bit of a man of people in the sense that he was a very, very good. I remember working with him on the twin, 2005 election campaign, and you know people were raging about loads of things. And we went to this really quite tough estate, and there was loads of crime and disorder and all that sort Love of thing. The idea of Tony Blair on a really tough estate. I know. Well, it was. It was an election campaign. You have to go to these yeah, places. And so what happened? And so we go in. Everyone is absolutely like rabid before the meeting. We're going to give him what for the Sky News presenters are winding everyone up, going like you know through fruta and really walks in. He, I mean, they do start shouting at him at the beginning. He completely kind of handles this crowd immediate, amazingly. And by the end of it, people are queuing up to shake his hand, going, Yeah, you're a really decent bloke. Yeah, you've totally got my vote. The guy has got an incredible ability to communicate. He couldn't do it now, though. He couldn't do it now, though. Well, this is the thing that I'm surprised about with him because I think he is obviously has been in such a bubble of this kind of world of private jets and flying around the world. He's lost touch with how people see him. That was sort of the point of my question, really. Is he off his head now? Well, I think his think... uh, his analogy as well. He he's always had a good knack for an analogy, but he he used one saying, "Well, Brexit is like it's like entering into a house swap, but you haven't seen the other house." And house swaps only occur when you're a council tenant. I'm not being funny, Tone, but I don't think you and Sherry are on the waiting list for a two-bedroom in Upminster. It, I'm not buying it. He, I think that in a way, it's a blessing to uh, the Leave campaign. One thing that Blair said that I found really interesting was that he said that, um, that in 2005 when they incorporated the Lisbon Treaty, he wouldn't have held a referendum then because he felt like he'd have lost. And then they went back on historical polling for leaving the EU right back to 96. And there's always been quite high support for leaving it. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't know if people yeah. are aware of that. The idea that, that wanting to leave the EU was something that just emerged um, in the last few years. It actually predates UKIP it, itself. I think UKIP stood oh, at the general ra- election for the a, first time in It's been a raging sore in the Conservative Party. Europe has been just like the... the and the, still uh, is. Uh, 
Yeah, well, it's mm. been going for 40 years in the Conservative Party. We're not going to have a second referendum, though, are we? But isn't I mean, it, there isn't is it no odd that Blair said, I didn't have a referendum because I thought the British public would vote against my will. And that was just a, a constituent part of his views. Like, and no, he, said that, he, he said that recently. Yeah, he said that in an interview in the New Statesman. Surprising. I don't think that's that surprising. Gordon Brown didn't have that election, didn't call that election because he thought he wouldn't win it. I isn't that one of the founding no. principles of democracy? That I, I you think should David, sort of reflect what the people no, want on no, some level. No, do not call a referendum if you think you're going to lose. Yeah, that is, that is the, the founding that, And the reason Cameron called it is because he got, you know, he'd done the, um, he won the election, won the Scottish referendum, and thought, yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's yeah, no way. He was high on that twenty majority, wasn't he? He was you, high no, on no, almost no, losing he, a Scottish yeah, referendum no, that should but, have no, been but a he given. Won, a win's a win, you know. Mm. He was, you know, we thought we were. Labour thought there'd be a hung parliament. Nobody predicted true, a true. Uh, conservative majority. I imagine we'll be talking about this for the next twenty five years. years. Twenty five years. Um, this has been the Taking the Pulse podcast. Thank you to Jeff Norcott, Aisha Hazarika. I've been Ian Stone. You can find us on Twitter at Taking the Pulse. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.